Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we play some excellent tracks and talk about our experiences with each game. And today, we're crying. I'm Brian, joined as always by the biggest crybaby I know. It's Frank. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> uh, that'll probably be the only time I laugh in this episode, to be honest. But before we forget, BG Mania and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through one or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of the podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. Before we forget, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us that review. Definitely helps us climb the charts in terms of search results. And I do just want to mention real quick before we really jump into the episode that this is going to be rather long. Uh, We are going to be playing a majority of the tracks in their full entirety because, you know, some of these are actually a good chunk of these are vocal related and they're emotional and I don't want to cut them short. So I want to give them time to be displayed. But at the same time, we're also going to be really speaking from the heart and just diving deep into these tracks and our emotions and just letting letting our hearts pour out through through the audio. So I apologize about the length of the episode. I know it's going to go long and there will as a fa- as a fair warning, there will be spoilers in this episode. So, you know, just just telling you now that when we talk about this music because of certain points in the games and a lot of times the music we're going to be playing is like from end of games or from things that you know, we really can't skate around because of where they happen. There will be spoilers in this game. So take a look at the track listing. It is listed on, you know, it's in the description of the show. If there's a game in here that you maybe don't want to hear us talk about, maybe just listen to the music and then skip us talking about it. So that way we're not ruining anything for you. I guess it'd be the best thing to do. Other than that, just really enjoy what we have to say. And I think, like I said, we have a lot of good things to say about these tracks and we have a lot of emotional stories to tell and just the way that they made us feel. So I do hope that uh, that spoilers will be okay for this one episode. So this is, this is going to be a hard episode to get through. Uh, not not great music and all, but uh, definitely going to be hard to get through because it's definitely touching. Yeah, I definitely have been waiting to do this episode since we came up with the concept of it for doing emotional music. And by emotional, I, again, I will reiterate this. But what I mean by emotional is sad. I want emotions of sadness displayed during this episode, and. I'm a sucker for sad music. I'm a sucker for sad stories. I like that kind of stuff in gaming. Uh, you know, I, I I don't cry often. I'll, I'll admit that I don't cry often, but certain Rarely things do I ever cry. Yeah, but certain things really fill me with emotions of sadness. And it's a joke between Jessica and I that, you know, I have emotions of sadness and I display them, but I never actually like break down and cry. But there are certain things and certain aspects of games and certain music that really fills my eyes with tears and makes me feel those emotions of sadness. And there are a couple tracks that we're going to play today that actually do make me break down. Uh, I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, and that's why I kind of been teasing it through previous entries in Radiar. And I do have one more track to play in in this month's episode of Radiar as well at the end of the month that I didn't put into this episode. But it's something that I've wanted to explore as a concept because... I like how games can really bring out these emotions within us as gamers and players and make us feel different things, whether that is happiness, whether that's anger, whether that's sadness, whether that's feelings of confusion or or, or whatever. Like the games have a way as a medium to to make us feel certain things and to manipulate our emotions into feeling certain things. And certain developers are better at it than others. But either way, music is always still integral to those aspects 
And if you go back and watch certain scenes from games without some of the songs we're going to play today, they're not nearly as touching or nearly as emotional. But the music itself is what makes the stuff even more impacting on on our emotions, I feel. I, yeah, it's definitely true. Just hearing these songs takes me straight to that moment. And it's, it's hard not to tear up a little bit. Yeah, the uh, this is the first episode we're recording where Frank and I don't have our cameras shared because, you know, we don't want to display our tears to one another. <laughs> don't worry, I won't cry. I'm oh. a real G. You'll cry. I'll make sure of it. You're already crying. I just heard the sniffle. Oh, I do have cold, so. The, uh, the opening track was your first pick, though. Uh, yeah, that was With Sympathy from uh, Gears of War 2. Uh, that is composed by Steve Jablonski. Uh, interesting little fact. This was performed by uh, um, the Skywalker Symphony, the Skywalker Orchestra, recorded at Skywalker Ranch. That's so freaking cool. Um, so definitely have that big epic feel to it. Now, um, this part of the game, and this is where Dom, you know, finally finds his wife and she comes out of the pod and she just rapidly deteriorates and she's aging fast and he has to put her down uh, out of mercy. And that's just something I was telling Brian, I go, it's something I just thankfully never had to experience or never, uh, hopefully never will have to experience of, you know, Essentially pulling the plug. Or, it gives me chills thinking about, dude. I just, I literally had chills run up and down my arms. So, like, like, having to think about doing something like that, it just, it's something my mind doesn't even want to fathom because it's just, it's too heavy of an emotion. Too, and, and this, at this point in the game, you know, he, he finally, you know, it's like your quest is finally over, your life's mission, the love of your life, and you have to end it all. It just, it's, it's too much. But it, but it was done very, very beautifully, and the song just enhance that moment perfectly agreed, agreed man it's, it's definitely it's very and I mentioned this while we were listening to it it's so haunting like especially when when the vocals kick in there you know what little of vocals there are but still dude it's just it, it haunts the soul man and it really makes you feel for what Dom was feeling at the time and Dom as a character itself such a tragic like story arc involving him after this happens too I mean it's like it's what we saw of with, with what we saw with Gears Three and how and how yeah. his story concludes, dude. It's just it's it's heartbreaking for for not only him but for everyone involved. It's it's crazy. But yeah, man, this was this this was a good pick. This definitely fits so perfectly. This this this, this one, right? It's it's it still has me shook right now. Like I'm not even. Like, I'm glad the camera's off. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's it's like I said. This is gonna be a rough episode, and I'm starting off with something that potentially to me now obviously this isn't going to be the most mainstream thing I pick and not going to be the heaviest hitter to everyone but for me this is one of the heaviest hitters I have on the episode this week uh, if you remember in one of the original episodes that we did of Radio Hour I played a track and I'm already getting emotional thinking about it but I played a track uh, from To The Moon which was that very sad game about memories and you you know you're playing the, the role of two scientists and you're exploring this person's past and Frank I showed it to you a little bit yeah she, uh, I know I know the game yeah so Last uh, not last year because it's 2019 already, but at the end of 2017, the sequel to that game, Finding Paradise, came out, and it's just as emotional and it's just as sad. And there's a beautiful track performed by Laura Shigahara in there, and I want to play that track now. So from Finding Paradise, this is Wish My Life Away.
stood up very tall. I think my voice was fairly small. But there were times I'd want to shout, though my thoughts weren't sorted out. So I'd stumble and I'd fall. I learned to fly because of you. So if you left, I could go too. And everything you saw in me, that's what I wanted to be. Trading my yesterday is to wish my life away. As we dream and as we grow. We have to learn to let things go, but let the wonder never fade. Though we've turned ten thousand pages, flying high or stuck below, I've searched for meaning amidst doubt. I finally figured that part out, and all the stories inside me feels like I'm bursting at the seams. Trading my yesterday is to wish my life away. This this seriously one of the hardest episodes I'm ever gonna do, man. Uh, 
That was. We're, we're gonna need like we're gonna need like silly things in between just a. <laughs> this for the first time I think in a long time we we're actually not talking during the music, but that was wish my life away from finding paradise and the vocals were done by Laura Shigihara who is the same girl that actually uh, sang the the previous track from To the Moon and I actually have another track she's very good with emotional stuff I have another track from a different game that she actually does the vocals for as well later on in the episode but this released on December 14th 2017 on PC and it was uh, completely it was written done like the entire game was made by one guy uh, Can Gal who is so good at you know doing these kind of games and these to the moon was emotional but finding paradise really just it really stepped that up and it's it deals with these things that are that are so ingrained in real life and you know like you basically are trying to fulfill the lifelong dreams of these dying people like you did that into the moon you're doing that in finding paradise and He's he's making a third game as well, and I can't freaking wait. I, I I really just even though these games tear me apart emotionally and just really, I don't know. Like you mentioned it before we start, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I, I like it so much, and it's it's feelings that, you know. It 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 makes us human, and it makes us feel alive, and you know I don't, I don't want to ever exist, if I can't feel the way that I feel right now after listening to this song, because that's how it just really speaks volumes to me and, and just how good it is man it's just, it's great no no i mean it, it really it, it speaks to the heart like just literally just I, I let myself just be like absorbed into the lyrics yeah and it's like if you how, how could you not be touched by that like that's and even her her tone like you could, you could feel the sadness she's singing with a small voice uh, which even mentions the beginning of the song. Like it's 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 absolutely powerful. Like uh, and yeah, I know nothing of this game, and I still felt something. I'm so, I'm holding it together a little bit, but uh, absolutely, it's wow. Like I I I I think I think I I said one word during the whole song I, I, to myself. I don't know if you heard it. I, was, I went wow. Like no, I, just, I didn't I didn't, it didn't it, even get picked up. It, 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 it hit me. I'm like wow. Like. I really want you to play these games to the moon and finding paradise. Uh, they were made an RPG maker. Uh, they're, they're extremely cheap. They're super cheap. Um, they're, they're RPGs to an extent, but they're like, there's no combat. They're, they're all story driven. Like there's no party system. There's no inventory system. There's no battle system. They're just, these games are just story driven, narrative puzzle solving games, but they have such amazingly beautiful music, dude. And, and like just this touching stories that, I, I just I, I I want more games to do this because it really just it's a whole side of gaming that I that I absolutely love. <sighs> what do you got next, man? All right, man. Uh, I mentioned this that rarely do I ever cry at a video game. To be quite honest, there are definitely times and I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it. There's been times where a game has broken me. Um, this is one of them. This is from Kingdom Hearts, 358 over two days. This is Xion's theme.
is uh, Xion's name from Kingdom Hearts uh, 338 over two days um, that came out in 2009 on the DS. Of course, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Uh, this is, like I said, this is one of the moments in, a video, in the video game that really just it got me because Xion, I mean, she essentially dies or, you know, like right, right there uh, with Roxas and, you know, and, and everything going along with Lee. Um, it, it, like, it really, really hits me, especially because as she's like fading away and like he's like, who, he, he says a line to her that, you know, just who am I going to have ice cream with now? Like, it's just like it, your, your best friend is leaving you and it's. There's nothing, nothing you can do to say, you know, to stop it. Uh, and, and the music kicks in as, as, as she's dying and like fading, fading away. Yeah, oh, fading away. So it's like uh, how you can't be moved by that is just. I mean, you'd have to be a heartless, uh, so to speak. You know, to even try to make light of things here, keep myself from uh, from breaking down a little more. Um, but uh, yeah. It's it's just it's such a powerful moment, and a lot of these are that I'm gonna have to say. Just these are moments that really like just they're gut punches, they're they're, they're kicks to the heart, but they show us why we're human, you know. Like this is you know we're meant to feel. Absolutely. And, and you have to show more. Okay, we, we say this so many times. I'm gonna. She knows how to craft the song to definitely hit the right mo- motion, and she hits sadness perfectly. Yeah, she's she's so good at what she does as a composer. Just. I love everything she does, man. And just like this, this theme in particular, just obviously, you know, us having just recently finished Kingdom Hearts three and seeing how a lot of these stories conclude and play out throughout that experience. It's, it's touching, man. It's, it's, it's so beautifully done. And, uh, if you're interested, like I said, we, we put up a spoiler cast in our max level podcast feed and on our YouTube channel. If you want to check that out to see what we really thought about, you know, the in-depth stuff of Kingdom Hearts three and the story content, but one of the one of the saddest stories that we have in in the Kingdom Hearts universe is this. I mean, there's a couple others, but this one is right up there because of Roxas, Shion, and Axel, who was Lee in Kingdom Hearts three. I mean, they they were literally created as pawns of the organization, and they were just used more so Shion and Roxas than, than Axel, because Axel's you know was already there and exists and still exists, whereas the other two do not, and that is part of the story of Kingdom Hearts three, but. You know, it's just they they were just tools, man. They were tools at, at their disposal. And it, it's just crazy because as as Kingdom Hearts games and the lore has shown us, everything has a heart, whether that's a toy or a a replica. Exactly. I mean, she, she, she's not she, she, she's a replica, which is but still like she's still someone. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, I'm gonna go to something that makes me so emotional and, and sad for two different reasons, and I'll and I'll tell you why when we come back. But this is actually from uh, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion to World of Warcraft. This is Arthas, my son.
And that was Arthas, my son, from World of Warcraft, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, which originally released back on November 13th, 2008 for PC. I believe this particular track was composed by Neil Cree, who also did the Invincible song, which we have played before on the on the show. The salt that Invincible plays right around the same time, and it's actually technically one big overarching track is in the actual raid for the fall of the lich king in the ice crown citadel so i'm i'm and i was able, i wasn't able to find specifics on arthas my son but i'm assuming because he composed he composed invincible that he also composed arthas my son but if he didn't the other composers were russell brower Derek duke and ito uh guidati uh and jason hayes but i said this track makes me emotional for two reasons first of all this is the fall of the Lich King. I mean, the Lich King is Arthas Menethel, who was, you know, the basically the leader of Lordaeron back during Warcraft 3 and ended up getting corrupted by the Lich and the undead and just everything that happened and went crazy and became the Lich King. So when you defeat him in the raid and, and you actually see these like these touching cutscenes between him and his the ghost of his father and like just him as a person again not as the lich king but him as an actual person that we saw and fell in love with during warcraft 3 and the frozen throne i mean you you feel for the guy man as he's laying there taking his final breath you, you feel for him and when this music kicks in it's just it's so emotional but this is one of the things i was talking about where yeah it's a sad moment but if you actually watch the scene with the sound off or the music removed it's not nearly as emotional like the the music adds to the to the feelings that we have as players at the time, but the big reason why this makes me so emotional is first of all, Wrath of the Lich King is the pinnacle for me in terms of World of Warcraft. It was when it was at its peak, twelve plus million subscribers monthly at this game. This reminds me so much of times and experiences and friends that I no longer have. Like I don't have that anymore. It's, I don't jump into Warcraft four or five nights a week and interact with these people that I made great friendships with, talked through the, not only the game, but Facebook, text messages. Like, I still keep in touch with a couple of them, like my friend Scott in Washington. Actually, both my friend Scott's up in Washington. Uh, my friend Robert, who I believe lives in Arizona now. I, I actually, you know, I still keep in touch with a couple of these people, but 15, 20, 30 people that I used to interact with on a daily basis... I have no clue what's going on in their lives anymore. I have no, and I used to know everything. Like we, I mean, we, you know, when we're sitting there raiding, we would just talk like families and talk like what we were doing. And you, you get to know these people through the game and, and through these experiences that you share with one another that I don't have them in my life anymore. And it makes me really sad, but I make no qualms about World of Warcraft being one of my favorite games of all time. And like just the experiences that I had up to this point it's something that I can't go back and have again. And I mean, I guess that just talks about nostalgia in general, but you know, like I miss my childhood and I can't go back and re-experience my childhood, but, and I wasn't a child when this came out, but still like just using that as an example, like everyone misses their childhood and wishes they could go back and experience it again or things from it. But you, you have these things that you'll just never be able to do again. You'll never be able to experience this for the first time. And like, I've tried to level up new characters and take them through Northrend and, and do these things for the first time with this character. And it doesn't feel the same because it's not the first time for me. So it's not nearly as special and it's not nearly as emotional. So just when the vocals kick in, I always, you know, I don't break down like I do with some of the other tracks that, I, that we're going to listen to. But 
it just it just takes me back and reminds me of these things that aren't in my life anymore and it makes me really sad and emotional because of that reason I definitely feel that man and for my next pick um, I was telling Brian there's a series that always gets me um, and I probably could have picked just songs from the series because so many motions so so many moments in it uh, this one I'm even thinking about it right now really just this is gonna this is gonna hurt me a little bit this is from uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, this is the ending theme song also known as uh, Way to Fall
better go but they won't and that was a way to fall from Metal Gear Solid 3 um, composed by Norohiko uh, Hibino that was actually performed by uh, Star Sailor and so many levels for one the song very much could be uh, Big Boss singing to Snake um, but the actual ending of Metal Gear Solid 3 um, is powerful the boss uh, she's there after she's been defeated by Naked Snake who eventually becomes Big Boss uh, it's, it's meant to show like how Big Boss starts to become the bad guy so uh, when, when, when he beats her she, she asks Snake he's he, he a snake Nick a snake to kill her and he aims the gun at her heart and the game actually waits for you to press the fire button now you spent this whole game hearing about how like they have an intense bond how much they love each other and this was like you had no option you had to kill her you had you, you had to kill boss and like it's later revealed that boss was actually like a defector she was like she, she this was a suicide mission she was on she gave up she gave her honor she gave up her life to save us all so like one of the one of the greatest American heroes of all time will be always thought of as a tra- as a traitor so uh Eva who's I, which they did this so cleverly they never showed her face at the end you hear her break down she's crying and you hear her go you know she, she chokes up she's like snake the world will never know what she did she was a real hero she was a true patriot that alone was it's powerful but for me the part that really gets me is um boss's horse finds her dead body and lets out like a mournful neigh dude yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i mean there's flower petals like from red turning to white uh yeah i, I just thinking about it, I, I i have tears in my eyes right now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna front uh and then the song in general i mean that, that plays afterwards you hear you know you've got you've got a way to fall there's something in my throat i need to be alone while i suffer it's about how He's the, the sorrow, the pain. He's there. It's all there, and he just he can't escape it. And now he's passing it along to his son. You know, it's it's it, Metal Gear in general always gets me. Um, and you'll hear about that later on as well. I do have another Metal Gear track, but the Metal Gear plays with emotion quite well. And this just—I keep using the, ter- the term like a gut punch. This is definitely a gut punch. Like this is like the last thing you wanted to do at the end of this game was was to kill boss absolutely but you had but, but you had to I, mean, I, I love the whole mentioning of the horse because I, I mean that that scene is powerful but really dude just like animals in general are, are so in yeah. tune with with emotions of, of humans that like and, and what's going on like you know you see these videos sometimes of like dogs that find their owners graves or you know are brought to them and they just you can tell in their in their eyes not necessarily like their face but you can just see it in their eyes like they know man they know and i mean horses are some of the most intelligent creatures in the in the world and they just they know and i i love that you know that the game chose to to acknowledge that it really got me like because it wasn't a regular name it was a loud you could you could yeah, you can. Especially, you can you, you hear it in, in a horse's neigh, like sa- sadness from another creature. Yeah, it was it was absolutely done beautifully. No, yeah. I mean that's I I'm I'm an animal lover. I love all animals. Yeah. So I mean, I just painness for them is is painness for 
me or, or anyone. So I don't know, man. It just it's it's tough. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll move on to my next pick here then on this episode where we are just looking at music that is entirely emotional. We're we're, we're setting out to cry. We're 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 making ourselves cry every time we listen to something and. This one right here is absolutely going to destroy me. Uh, it's it's from a recent game. It might be the most recent game we have on the list. And I actually just got to re-experience this again because Jessica played through the game from Red Dead Redemption 2. The track is That's the Way It Is. that's the way it is from Red Dead Redemption 2 and 
this, this is probably going to be one of the hardest ones for me just because it's the one that is the most recent, I guess, for me. Uh, I just finished Red Dead Redemption 2 at the end uh, or at the sorry, at the beginning of the year. It released on October 26, 2018, composed by Woody Jackson. You play this entire game. I spent 80 plus hours with it and you know how it's going to end. You know the ending to Red Dead Redemption 2 because it's a prequel. We played through Red Dead Redemption 1 and we saw what happened and we know what happened to, you know, to to the Vanderland gang because what happened with John Marston in Red Dead Redemption 1 and you know how he was hunting down the, the remaining members so we knew what was going to happen we knew who still survived we knew who was going to perish throughout the story in Red Dead Redemption 2 but it didn't make it any less emotional Arthur without question Arthur Morgan is the best character that Rockstar Studios has ever created Arthur he's just he's so diverse he's so dynamic of a character you spend this game you know you start out as a badass you know you're part of the Vanderlyn gang you guys are these outlaws you're these gunslingers and you just you know just the wild west man and you don't care you rob you steal you kill but throughout the story your character you Arthur and John and a couple others start noticing how Dutch is going crazy and Dutch is like losing his mind and is out of touch with reality and just they start to change their ways in subtle in subtle ways and you know they they become good and Arthur you know through through his actions and through the ways that he interacts with characters through side quests and main story missions you can tell that he's really struggling with that and then eventually he gets sick he develops tuberculosis, which there was no cure for back in the day. Once you got it, you were going to die eventually. And you see the way that this disease is taking its toll on him as a character. And, you know, he can't even get through some missions without stopping. And, like, your character will pass out from coughing. And, you know, just it's it's crazy watching because there's not too many games that that have your character die from a sickness. And, you know, just that you watch them deteriorate and you watch them know that their end is coming, that there's nothing they can do. I'm going to die. It's like getting cancer. You're in, unless, unless you're lucky, you know that there's, there's an end in sight and that you have to accept that. And you have to watch him learn to live with what he has and learn to accept it. And you see these things. And when this particular song kicks in, right near the end of the game. I mean, you you put Abigail on a horse with Sadie Adler and you tell her, you tell Sadie to get, get her out of there. Cause she has a son, her and John have a son. And the whole point is to get her back to John. Cause you know, John is leaving. You're trying to get John to take his family and move on. And you get on your horse after putting those two on theirs. And you just start riding, man. You just, the game tells you to, the game literally, bottom right hand corner, just says ride. Just push X. Just ride your horse. The edges of the screen fade into blurriness. The only thing that's really in focus is you and your horse, which you have this bond with that you've developed throughout the game because it's your horse. And then you're riding and you're heading, you're supposedly heading, you're heading back to your camp to, to confront Dutch and Micah. And 
throughout the ride, you're just you're getting these quotes from characters that you've interacted with through the story, through these side quests, these main missions, talking about how Arthur is a good man and that he's been more or less just he's been wrestling this giant that has been keeping him from from being really a a good person like you know the, the giant is supposedly you know in quote unquote Dutch because Dutch was such a bad person and you know he had this it's just such a villain like just, and you get there and again you're just riding you get to this point I had to pause the game literally didn't even get one full sentence of the lyrics into this track as soon as it kicked in I had to pause and I stopped and the first time in a long time I literally just broke down I didn't know anything about this I didn't know what was coming like Jessica who just recently finished the game she unfortunately knew I mean she knew because she saw me play a lot of it this broke me it breaks me every time I hear it I've listened to this song hundreds of times since finishing this game and every single time I cry I can't help it I am in love with this character I'm in love with this song like just this literally is like I said this is the best character that Rockstar has ever created and he served the purpose for one game that's it it's yeah man uh, I honestly I'm gonna get around to playing this because I've only heard great things and I I, I know where it's going but the, the the journey's gonna be worth it and that song definitely was, was emotional the, the journey is so worth it and I mean it just there's 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 several emotional moments in the game there are and I have another one coming up later in the show from from Raider Redemption 2 that definitely hit me hard but in a different way Whereas this one really hit me hard to where I broke down and I, I couldn't help it. Like I've watched people's reaction videos to the scene from on YouTube because I wanted to know that I wasn't the only one that felt this way. I wanted to know that I wasn't the only one that literally broke down when this music kicked in. And thankfully I'm not like, thankfully everybody, not everybody, but a good chunk of players that played through the game felt the same way I did. And it's just, it's so tragic. It's so sad. I don't know. You're up. Yeah, on my next one here, I couldn't find the actual name of the song. Um, however, this is, again, one of those moments that, this, it's that as soon as it happened in the video game, I lost my shit. Like, I, I was done. I this one, this one, like, put me on the sidelines for, for a while because I was so invested in a character. And this is from Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. This is Midna's Farewell.
And that was Midna's Farewell from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Um, I didn't actually didn't look up the composer, but I'm willing to say Koji Kondo. I'll look while you talk. But uh, yeah, so during, during this sequence, I mean, to start off, when I first started Twilight Princess, I thought I was going to hate Midna because uh, to me it was very much like Navi. You know, hey, listen, uh, our character's going to follow me around the whole time. But as the story progressed, and you realize that, you know, Midna was there to help because she's the princess of the Twilight World. Um, and you know, if you finally go through the, the entire arc, you finally beat the last, uh, if you beat Zant, the, the evil emperor who took over her world, and you, you, you restore the, you restore her way back home, and she says goodbye, and you know, you're never going to see each other again. She destroys the only way into her world by destroying the mirror at the very end. It, it's it saddened me because throughout the process of that game, she became my favorite Legend of Zelda character. I mean, like, I fell in... Uh, you, you, you felt nothing but love, and, like, why couldn't she just stay? You know, and of course I understand why she couldn't stay. She wanted, you know, she, she is the leader of her people. But, you know... I, I, I want I wanted that for Link. I, I want you know because they loved each other. I, I would have loved for for Link and her to be together and for her to stay stay behind. But she knew she had to go. Toro Minigishi is the composer. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, but it's, it's it's a different parallel in life. Like you know, like no one ever wants to say goodbye to a friend. You know, so still, I, we we both have friends who we may never see again. Um, you know, and not 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 because they're you know because they've passed on. That's also another reason. But friends, you know, like. You lose contact. There's no, or there's no way to ever get a hold of them again. The, the numbers change. You know, the, the way to her world is forever closed off. So while she'll always live in his heart, they're never going to be. The, you know, it's it, it was a bittersweet ending. I mean, like I get it, but you know, it's any good goodbyes. Are, I'm not good at goodbyes. Never, never, never have been. Probably never will be. They're one of the hardest things to do. Uh, but yeah, just man, I got nothing else to say on this one. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. It's okay. This is this. I, I feel this one deep. This is one of the few times, like I said, that I I, I literally had to walk away after uh, you know after the end credits. I walked away from this game like not in anger, just like just I was sad. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, it, it's definitely it was a sad moment that really affected me as well. I mean, the whole ending cutscene where you're watching this take place, and I mean this. This particular track is is taken from that cutscene. I mean, there's there's other music that's playing during that cutscene as well, but this in particular is what happens when you know you're literally saying farewell, saying goodbye to to Midna. And I mean, without knowing this, dude, you picked a track that could totally fit in with another listener suggestion that we got this past week. Steven from Germany actually requested that we do a farewell episode in the future. I think that's a great idea. We should definitely uh, work that in soon. Yeah, so I definitely want to do that now, especially after hearing this. And I mean, it could be another at like where we're do these character farewells and like these farewells to stories. I think that would be such a cool idea for a show. So we're definitely going to be doing that sometime in the next month or two. Um, not only because it was a, a listener suggestion and I'll always take those, but I love the concept. So I don't know, man. Um. Okay, well. I will move on to another track that I've picked. This one actually is the... It's a, it's an ending theme. It plays during the credits, but that's not the name of the track. Uh, it's from Persona 5. The name of the track is Hoshito Bokorato. It's Japanese. 
Was Hoshi 2, Bakura 2. I'm assuming that's how you say that. It is, it is Japanese, as I mentioned, from Persona 5, which released on uh, September in Japan, but April 4th, 2007, here in North America. <clears throat> that particular track was composed by Shoji Megaro, and the vocals were done by Lin Inazumi, with the lyrics written by Shigeo Komori. I was able to find an English translation of this song because I don't believe an English version actually exists. And I, and I love that this song actually touches on one of those things that people always say about being apart, whether they're in like a long-term relationship or a long, sorry, a long-distance relationship or, you know, just apart from their friends or had to say goodbye. Looking up at the sky, you see the same stars, dude. You're looking at the same thing. I don't know, it's just, it's one of those things that just really always killed me like just that whole aspect just yeah we're looking at the same stars even if we're apart so that's why we say goodbye today I mean that that line right there is my favorite from this song and you know spending 116 hours with Persona 5 in a week and a half and then you know just falling in love with this cast of characters and I do think this is the strongest Persona cast of characters we've ever seen in a, in a Persona game getting to the credits getting to, you know seeing the, the the end scenes and everything that's happening and like it's not a it's not a sad ending it's not a sad ending it isn't but the song is so emotional and it just it, it tugged on so many heartstrings of mine and, and many others but you, you've reached the conclusion to this journey and like even though the lyrics are somewhat somber and sad the ending of the game isn't sad I mean kind of it is you're much in the same way of a lot of other Persona games and your main character is leaving but that's not how the game ends like you are doing something else and you're, you know you're going on one last vacation or adventure with your friends like that's literally how the game ends but I guess once once you're done with that, you know your character's leaving town, like he's moving on. 
So that, that's why the lyrics are so sad to the song. But still, I mean, it just, it brings me back again to, to this game. And right where I was at, playing this, just fully engrossed in it. I don't hardly ever do I sit down for a week and a half and put 116 hours into a game. Hardly ever. That's multiple, multiple, multiple hours a day. And I mean, you look at Kingdom Hearts 3, which came out on the 29th of January. So roughly two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, on the time that this episode posts, on the time of recording, it's Saturday, February 9th. So we've had the game for 11 days and I've put 63 hours into it. With Within 12 days or 13 days, I put 116 hours into Persona 5. So I played that game way more than I played, you know, that I put time into each day for Kingdom Hearts 3. But it just, it sucked me in, man. It's so many different parts of that game were really emotional to me. But just in particular, getting to the credits and hearing this music kick in. I love it. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it, even though it makes me sad. It really just, I love it. I don't know. I really do. Uh, it's... The, the, when you say that, it definitely rings true, you know, like, we're all together. We're, we're always still together, no matter what. <sighs> okay. Uh, this next track uh, is from a very, very sad game. The, um, and we'll talk about that when we come back, though. So, uh, this is, and it's going to be in Spanish, just going to give you a heads up right now. This is The Song of the Sea from Rhyme. Viento a viento va. El sueño del mar gira sin parar. Viento a viento va. Este viento va girando 
The Song of the Sea from Rhyme. Uh, the singer there was Marella Diaz Moran. Uh, rhyme is a very, very emotional game. Uh, and to explain it, I, I have to just explain the ending, uh, which is when you hear the song. Uh, so, Rhyme, while it's never stated, um, is thought to be the, the your character's name. Um, and you find out at the end that he was actually dead the entire time. Uh, and this whole story was his journey about his soul trying to reach out to his father one last time because his father was and uh, was just filled with grief um, and it's hinted to out the whole game it's like statues of like a, of a man crying and weeping it's showing you know that your soul this whole journey you've been stuck in limbo because your last motion was to help your father let go so let you know just to to, to, to help him get rid of his guilt and his grief over you dying, um, and the, and, you're, and, you're, and they show you and your mother, you know, reunited in the you know, in, in heaven, so to speak. So it's it's it, it, it definitely and this, this is all revealed to you at the end of the game. The whole game you're going on this journey, and it's you know very mysterious and magical. But at the end, when you realize what you have been doing this whole time, um, it, it, it's really really it's, it's strong. Now the lyrics were in Spanish. Um, to kind of give you a rough idea of what the lyrics are saying, you're saying how the wind always blows from sea to sea and uh, it's swirling around, it's always with us. It's saying, you know, like our love and our everything, it's it's it's, it's always moving, it's always there, you know, just like the wind. Uh, you can't see it, but you can feel it. Um, and it's but it, it, it's this whole song is, about, is literally about emotion, about how. Your, your love will endure, you know, even though you're crying, you know, like, you, you, these, these are things you feel. These, not the, these aren't things you can hold. These, these, this is... But, but love will go on. Like, and this... This game hit me hard. I mean, uh... I didn't expect it to be that, you know... I expected this to be, like, a puzzle game. Um, but I'm... I, I, I feel like I am better for having actually played this. Uh, it, it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, like, that his father got the closure that he so wanted, you know, and that's something that a lot of people, you know... You suffer grief. We, I think we all have some some grief, you know, from one thing or another. But closure, you know, like it's it, it, was, it was a beautiful moment, and like I, said, I highly recommend this game to anyone who really wants a powerful story about dealing with you know something so complex. Wow, that actually makes me want to actually play the game. So, but I, 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 yeah, I think this is this is like ten thousand percent up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Even even knowing what I know about it now and how it ends, like. I want to play the game. <laughs> I want to play but, uh, it. It's, it's not going to run for you in the slightest. Probably not. Nothing ever does. I mean, it just, I don't know. I just, spoilers don't matter to me, but uh, connecting with the game on an emotional level, that matters to me. And it definitely sounds like I can do that with this game and just even, even how, even knowing how it's going to end, like just, just the journey that it takes me on personally and just knowing that this type of music exists within that world and the, the type of, I don't know, man. The game always looked intriguing to me. It looks beautiful. 
So I, I think I'm going to have to sit down and play it sometime soon. I guess. Sorry if I spoiled it for you, uh, but oh my god. So worth it. So, no, so worth it. Nothing. Don't worry. Spoilers mean nothing to me. If it did, I wouldn't be in this industry. <laughs> in the gaming <laughs> exactly. industry. Uh, all right. Well, I mentioned earlier that I had another track that was done by Laura Ishigihara, who did the vocals to Wish My Life Away from Finding Paradise earlier in the show. And I'm going to play that one now. This actually comes from a game that, Frank, you actually bought for me for my birthday this year. So, thank you for that. But uh, the game is Rakuen, and the name of the track is Build a Little World with Me.
to leave. I'm glad you built this little world with me. <sighs> and that was Build a Little World with Me from a game known as Rakuen, which came out on May 10th, 2017. It's released on PC. It was made with RPG Maker as well. Uh, again, the vocals were done by Laura Shigihara, but she also composed it this time. She also designed the game. She made the game entirely by herself in RPG Maker. Wow. So, you know, obviously <laughs> feeling completely inspired by Kan Gao and what he did with Finding Paradise into the Moon, she made her own game and did the everything for it and it just it's so beautiful dude this game is uh, I don't want to say it's amazing because it, it deals with a very personal subject and it deals with a very emotional plot point that yeah I'm, I'm gonna spoil because that's what we're doing today based off of the music but I wasn't expecting the journey this game was gonna take me on when I played through it um, so you play as this boy and he is basically diagnosed with cancer. And you, throughout the game, you know, you're, you're laid up in the hospital bed and your mom comes to visit you every day. Your dad has, your dad passed, your dad's passed away. And it, it the game hits me hard because of, of my own past and my own childhood and how my, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was eight and, you know, my mom passed away when, you know, back in 2009. So my, my parents are both deceased, but the, the game really speaks to me on that level. And so the boys laid up in the hospital with cancer. His mom's visiting him every day and she brings a book with her and reads him this book known as Rakuen, which is the name of the game. So it's about this magical land and these magical creatures that can grant a wish, and they're known as the guardian of the forest. And the boy continues to ask questions about, you know, the, the world and the book, and his mom tells him that the world is real and that he can visit it. So... <laughs> the game is about 10 hours long. It's not a terribly long game. And you, you go through this world and you, you know, you're doing these things and you visit it and you know, you're, it's basically basic puzzle solving. I mean, there's just like, just like to the moon and just like finding paradise. There's no, there's no combat. There's no deep gameplay mechanics. You're just solving puzzles and collecting pieces of music and doing different things. And at the end, when you're done exploring, you come across an entrance to a parallel fantasy and it's basically one that is supposed to be like, you know, like the, the real world counterpart to what this world is based upon. And at the end of the game, you give your mom this like piece of paper and you travel on to the world of Rakuen, which in hindsight, Rakuen is heaven. So, kid dies in the game. I mean, it's never specifically said that. It's never mentioned that. Like, you just 
you're watching the boy go off to Rakuin. But yeah, like this, this, this magical world that, you know, you can visit. It's it's heaven. I mean, it's what what we think of as heaven in, in a supernatural and in a spiritual essence. It's this magical place. And games, there's not too many that deal with, like, terminal illnesses. There's a couple. Uh, one recently besides Rakuen that came out in, in recent memory is um, That Dragon Cancer, which was the one that dealt with this father made this game in, in memory of his son who had passed away with, with, with cancer. And another just game that broke me, but there was no, like emotional music in that one to really pick from or else I probably would have picked from it but the the story in that game was just incredibly heartbreaking because he used like actual audio clips from oh um, my like from like from actual like because he wanted to spread awareness and, and remember his sons so, like you actually have audio clips of like his son and some of the things that they went through like it, it was crazy that game is beyond crazy but not too many games explore this this world of childhood terminal illnesses and I mean yeah cancer can affect everybody but still just playing through a game with a character that's so young and that you just it's stuff that happens every day man like it, it's stuff that, that it, it's real and, and a lot of games actually not I'm sorry not a lot of games actually touch on that aspect and it's things that you know a lot of people play games to escape reality a lot of people play games to to it's an it is it's, it's, exactly it's an escapist thing you don't want it's it's to not feel these kinds of things it's to, to live in a, a fantasy world where you can forget about all the horrible things that are going on in your life you know that's why I play video games uh, it's it did cheer me up so it's it's beautiful to me when a game actually is able to explore something like this and really just make it touching and emotional and Dude, I, I listening to this track while when we were in prep for the episode, like just now before we started talking about it, like just started crying. Like it just it it makes me so sad. It really does. And again, I mean, I obviously I attribute a lot of it to to my own past. I mean, granted the situations aren't the same, but I'm still alive. My my parents are not, but um, it just reminds me of things like that. And I think that's why certain things tear me up so much as they do. All right, this next track is from a game that is very, very highly emotional, and I'm going to talk about it in a little more detail when we come back, of course. Um, this is Naya from Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons.
was Nayef from Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, game came out in 2013. Uh, it was re-released back in 2015 for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, this was composed by Gustav Griffberg. Um, now, this whole story, the whole game, is a sad story. Um, and I'm just going to read you the basic plot because I found a pretty good summary of it knocked down to just a couple paragraphs. Uh, so I can kind of give you an idea of what's going on here, and then I will point out where this song actually plays. Uh, so the story is actually uh, begins with a boy named Nai, and he's paying his respects to the tombstone of his dead mother, who actually drowned at sea, and he was unable to save her because he can't swim. Uh, so his older brother, who's Naya, uh, he calls him to help him because uh, their father is terminally ill, and the only way to save their father is to go on this quest to get the waters from the Tree of Life. So they go on their journey over the hills and other than that, and there's, there's challenges along the way and deadly wolves, all these things, but you know, they fight together because their brother's trying to save their father. Um, and they, along the way, they find a girl who's actually being sacrificed by the tribesmen um, and they save her. And so she assists, she assists these boys on the journey and along the way she seduces Naya, like, you know, there's a romance wedding and she gets them to go to a cave and then we find out that she was actually an evil monstrous spider who was uh, pretending to be a girl uh, and she's trying to eat Naya so the brothers fight her and they pull off her legs but not before she actually mortally wounds and stabs Naya uh, so they're right there they're almost at the end of their journey to get the, the, the water from the tree of life and Naya's telling Nai you have to get the water we have to save father and Nai goes up he gets the water of life he comes back down and Naya dies from the, from the injury that he sustained and the water of life is not enough to save him, so Nai has to bury his older brother and then take this journey back alone to get the water of life to his father. So he gets to the shoreline, and, and this is where you hear the music. And Nai, he's at the shoreline, he can't swim, but he has to get the water to his father. So the, the, the spirit of his mother appears, and she's comforting and motivating him. And then uh, Nai is like spiritually guiding him, telling him, you have to do it, you have to swim. And with their love and their support, he makes his way and he saves his father. And the game actually ends with uh, Nai and his father mourning the, at the graves of both the mother and his brother. Uh, that's a lot, man. Like, again, just the, the loss of a loved one is never easy. But uh, this, this poor family's been through so much. I mean, I, I, I have three sisters and I jokingly talk about them a lot, but I do love them. You know, and the thought of losing one of them, like I, it's one of those things that my mind refuses to comprehend, doesn't want to think about because I can only cry thinking about it. And you know, like I don't, I don't ever want to see the day. Uh, so it's yeah, I think like this is is this this is story about brotherhood and family and love and doing what you can. It's 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 powerful stuff. It really is. This is another game that I need to play. Yeah. This is another game that I absolutely need to play because it's one that I just haven't had a chance to get around to yet. And I need to, man. I need to. I, I like these kind of games. I like emotional stuff. And yeah, this is something I definitely have to play at one point. So uh, you're actually picking tracks from this and Rhyme are, are kind of somehow affecting some of the games that I'm going to be playing off my backlog sooner this year than I was anticipating uh. it. <laughs> Because I want I want to experience these stories. I want to experience these games. So I, I definitely want to see how some of these things play out in the game. So, um, but one thing I wasn't expecting is how 
the scenes play out in my next pick. I think one of the most emotional, if not the most emotional scene ever from a game. From The Last of Us, this is all gone, no escape. That was All Gone, No Escape from The Last of Us, which came out on June 14th, 2013 on the PlayStation 3, and it was also released on uh, the PlayStation 4 as like a remastered version. Uh, That came out in July 2014. Soundtrack was composed by Gustavo Santoalaya, I believe is how you say his last name. And this is the track that destroyed me in the game because of the scenes that happen when you're playing through it and this music is on so it actually plays twice in the game the second time it's slightly different but it's still the same song just with a couple different chords and a couple different variations of the music but it's still largely the same track 
It doesn't exist on the soundtrack twice, it just exists once, but it does exist twice in the game. And the first time is the very beginning, which I think still to this day, The Last of Us is beginning is the one game that hits me hardest as it, when it starts. You know, you're finding out about yeah. you're finding out about the outbreak, you're finding out about what's going on, and Joel, who is the main character you play as throughout a good chunk of the game, you know, you, you have a daughter, her name is Sarah, and you're trying to escape with your brother and Sarah, and you know, you get caught. Things happen. But you don't get caught by the monster. You don't get caught by the clicker. You don't get caught by the zombies. Joel's daughter is killed by the military. Not even from something like not even from the outbreak. And I think that that hits harder than anything else is that, you know, while trying to escape the city, while trying to escape what's going on in this area, the military believes that everyone is infected. And they're not. Not everyone is infected. But you're trying to leave and, you know, you get in a car accident and you escape and you grab your daughter and you're running away. And then you get caught and you're about to, you know, you get shot. So you drop your daughter, you guys roll down this hill and then you're about to get executed at, you know, point blank style, execution style, more or less, by the military. And your brother comes and saves you by shooting the guy in the head. And when Joel gets up, you know, he realizes that his daughter has been wounded in the chest and runs over to her and tries to help her. But she literally passes away in his arms. So Sarah dies. And a game has never started that way before. A game has never hit that hard for me right out the bat. Like Jessica watched me play this. Her and I just sit there like, what the hell? And what is going on? Like, what is this? Because games never have started like that before. No, and you, you assume that she's going to be, like, one of the main characters in the game. Like, Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, no one sees this coming, and I don't think I would have played it if I would have known it was coming. It's, it's, it's so crazy. And the second time the track plays is when you're going into the hospital. And, you know, Ellie has been taken by the Fireflies, and, you know, they, they, she's immune to this outbreak. Ellie is the girl that Joel connects with and basically is, like, his second daughter throughout the story. And you find out that Ellie is immune to this outbreak. So they need, they need to find out what is within her that makes her immune. So in order to make a cure for this disease, she would have to basically sacrifice herself. And Joel, I guess somewhat selfishly, but I, I think I probably would have done the same thing in his situation would he storms into this castle and basically kills everybody and takes Ellie and leaves. And this track is playing when you're literally walking out of the hospital with carrying her as she's in her hospital gown and still knocked out from the drugs. And you put her in the car and she wakes up and she looks at you and she's like, you know, what's going on? What happened? And he looks at her and says that they couldn't figure anything out and just lies to her. And basically because, again, like I said, somewhat selfishly, but I would have done the same thing in his situation based off of what happened in the past. Um, and it, I mean, it just, it even hits harder at the end of the game because she even looks at him and like, you know, you look at me and you tell me that they weren't able to figure anything out 
and that, you know, that this is, you're not lying. Like they, they couldn't figure it out. Like I'm not here because you know what I mean? Like you screwed this up and he's like, yeah, they didn't figure anything out. And I think that's the biggest reason why I'm so curious what's going to happen with the last of us part two, because you know, we haven't really seen Joel that often. We've seen him in one trailer and they, 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 that was even an illusion that maybe he doesn't even around anymore. Maybe he's dead. I have no idea. This game clearly takes place several, several years after the end of The Last of Us Part 1. And, uh... It's... Naughty Dog is great. Naughty Dog is fantastic. And I think The Last of Us is probably their, their peak right now. I mean, it's better than anything they've ever done. The Last of Us Part 1. And I imagine The Last of Us Part 2 is going to blow that out of the water. So oh, cool. I hope so. I, I can't imagine that it doesn't. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I want to be back into this world. I want to be find out what's going on with these characters. And that takes nothing away from the fact that I wasn't ready for Sarah's death. And I actually thought that playing through Part 1 of The Last of Us, that you know, we were going to find this cure and that but I didn't think that that would mean that Ellie would have to be sacrificed. So, again, I would have done the same thing in Joel's shoes. So I can't say that it was selfish, even though it kind of is. Maybe I'm selfish as well, but I would have done the same thing. I would have saved her. I uh, yeah, I think I think most of us would. I don't think you couldn't based off of I mean, like if we were in Joel's shoes and what he went through leading up to this and with his daughter and everything else, I don't think there's any. There was no other way for him, but this was it. This next one, it's one of those things that really hit you by surprise. This was a game that I really loved and it was recently remade. This is In the Land of Happiness from Shadow of the Colossus. Happiness from uh, Shadow of the Colossus uh, that was composed by uh, Kyle Otani 
Um, I guess I'll just tell you basically the the, the, the premise of story uh, of uh, Shadow of the Colossus is you're playing as Wander, and he's he comes he goes to this large shrine carrying the body of a girl named Amano, uh, and she's dying or she's dead exactly, uh, and then. All these like shadow creatures appear and they attack Wander, and he fights them off with his sword. And then uh, this this shadow creature named Dorman, up, 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 she shows up there, and Dorman has the power to return the soul to the body to bring life back, to revive that. But he tells Wander, "Do so. I need you to destroy the sixteen colossi uh, of the land." Um, you know, and that uh, it's going to be a great price you're going to have to pay. And Wander goes out, and he kills all the Colossuses. Um, does what he's told. He does what he's told, and uh, every time he does one, like a darkness kind of comes forth onto him, and like he, he is deteriorating as he does this, but he's doing it to say Mono. Um, and it's revealed to you that after you've killed all the Colossuses, that you're actually the bad guy in this story uh the classes were innocent creatures um and that they, they, they were all housing fragments of Dorman's soul so eventually you are they were the protectors they were the keepers they're, they're the keepers and like so you freed this 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 creature um for obviously for a noble cause but you were almost like an unwilling pawn like you're you're doing what you had to do to to save Mono, but you, you you slaughtered sixteen innocent beings, um, and you know when you get you know when you get there, the, the, there's men who are actually pursuing you this whole time because you had stolen the sword that you're using, and you actually you're you you now have like white skin, long pale hair, and you have like horns spreading out of your head. You've become a monster, and they kill you. They you're stabbed through the heart. Um, you know, and that, and it's the, the game is such a freaking down note. I mean, like Dorman, he, he, to his word, he does save Mono. He brings her back. He didn't have to. Uh, I'll give him credit for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the, like the, the game ends, and like you see, like Mono is alive, and it, the, your horse who along the way fell. And I thought he died, and that should can really I just hurt. say. That that was the emo- most emotional part of me in the game. I, I know I caught over because I didn't want to say it because like it's so. I don't like when animals are hurt. But I don't either. Ar- Argo falls off a, of a bridge and like into a ravine. You think he dies? Yeah, but he but literally end of the game, dude. He comes back limping up those goddamn stairs. Yeah. And it, it just breaks my heart that he survived, but severely injured, but not terminally injured. I mean, at the end of the game, though, uh, you do see you know like because. You, you are you were like Wander was pulled in by Dorman like because of a spell like it's it's, it's like a little area like a, like a pool of water and uh, Mono and, and the horse do actually find a little infant with tiny horns on his head so it's almost like the rebirth the, the rebirth of Wander yes actually she actually takes a child and now she's gonna raise it so it was a beautiful story in and of itself but like I said man it's just it's so sad like made even more sad on the PS4 version. Because was there, was, there, was there more to it after? Because I no, just 
with modern technology, modern graphics, like just able to showcase certain things that, you know, maybe we glossed over originally on the PlayStation 2 version. But now, I mean, like, you know, when we when we kill these Colossus or Colossi, you can literally see the pain in their eyes and like the emotions that they have on their faces. And they they definitely upped the emotional level of certain things in the remake and it is a remake that everyone absolutely needs to play I mean I I reviewed it for leveldowngames.com when it came out you know shout out to Sony for providing us a copy one of the few things that they've actually given us but my god man just so much more emotional with modern technology than it was back in the day and it was emotional then too it was I've only ever played the original so I will you definitely absolutely have to play the remake you have to. I'm gonna have. It's, it's I'm, fantastic. It's the story. I wouldn't mind going back and doing again. I think I yeah, because yeah, they, they sent me a physical copy, so I'll ship it to you so you can play it. You the man. Uh, my, like, like, I highly, highly recommend this for everyone. I mean... Just send it back when you're done. <laughs> I'll... Trust me, I'm, I'm good about that. Uh, but my God, man. Like, it's... Eamon, the guy who stabs you, he is a good man. Like, he wants to stop the evil. He even says uh, he hopes you survive, that you can atone for your crimes, because you did a lot of bad in this world, but you did it for such a good reason. And that's that's that's, that's mirrored a lot, you know, in, in everyday life. You know, some people out there do bad things for good reasons, but, you know, bad is still bad, and it's still sad. And it rhymes, too. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> All right, man, well... I have something here that is one of the actually this might actually be the track that inspired me to want to do this episode when I heard it in the game. And this was before we even did this podcast. So I actually was, you know, just listening to other video game podcasts, video game music podcasts, I guess I should say at the time. And I thought how this concept would make a fantastic concept for an episode. So when we created BG Mania, I slotted this in as a future episode at some point and we're finally getting it done. So from near Automata. This is the weight of the world.
was The Weight of the World from Near Automata, which released on the PlayStation 4 March 7th, 2017, would hit PC two weeks later on March 17th, 2017, and just last year on June 26th came to Xbox One, uh, composed by several individuals, but that particular track was done by the main composer of the of the Near franchise. There's only been two games, but the Near series, uh, Kaichi Okabe, who is someone that I want to dive into in the future. Um, actually, I think we have him set for next month. Like, our deep dive into Kaichi Okabe, I think, is next month. So, it actually is looking ahead. So, he is our next composer deep dive. 
but what he was able to do with this track is just so amazing on so many different levels. Um, so the English vocals were done by Janique Nicole and near Automata and, and, and near in general, like in, in the whole near and near Automata exist within the Dragon Guard universe. So there's Dragon Guard one, two, and three, and near and near Automata make up the the five games in that universe. But this game in particular, and I've, I've mentioned this to you before in the past, is so powerful, and it makes you question everything you know about humanity and androids and robots and our future. I mean, this game has now shipped over 4 million copies, which is a massive success for Square Enix. I mean, they were not anticipating it being this well, and I do know that they're already working on the next entry in the near game, in the near franchise. That's excellent news for myself and fans of the, of the series, but... Yoko Taro is a genius. Yoko Taro is the director of the game, and he's just an absolute genius and, and knows exactly what he needs to do and exactly the type of narrative that he needs to talk about and showcase. And the game is set up to where you play through the game and you get an ending, and then you play through the game again and you get a second ending. And then, and, and the game is not terribly long. It takes maybe 10, 12 hours to play through the game. So you play through the game twice. Well, more like maybe 15 hours, but still. You play through the game once, and then you play it again and get the second ending. And then you play the game a third time. And you're not playing through the entire game the third time. Like, you're starting in a different spot. And you play through the game a third time, and you get a different ending. So you now have three different endings. And then you play the game a fourth time. And you're playing as a completely different character. Wasn't even in the first couple playthroughs. I mean, she was, but you just briefly saw her. But now you're playing through the game as this character. And... It starts immediately after the other endings. So now you have a whole second part of the game that you didn't even know about. And if you wouldn't have, if you didn't play through the game multiple times. And it's another 12, 13 hours on top of what you've played. And then you get to the end of that ending, you see the fourth ending. And then you load the game again, and you could go, you can skip right to the end. And then you play the ending, and then there's a fifth ending. And then you play the game again, but again, skipping right to the end, finish it again. And the sixth and true ending is shown to you. So there's five separate endings, or sorry, six separate endings in this game. And the sixth ending literally blew my mind. Like I said, this is the, the sixth ending is the one that literally made me question everything. Made me question life, dude. This, this, the story is powerful. The story is so emotional. And, and it deals with androids. And you wouldn't think that it would be so emotional. But I think the best way that I can showcase how emotional this is, is to play a snippet from the Japanese version of this. Now, I actually played a lot of this for Frank, and Frank actually thinks, and I agree with him, that the Japanese version of this track is a lot stronger, but I played the English version so it's more understandable so you can relate to the lyrics. But I want to play about a minute and a half of the Japanese track here, so we're going to fade out for a second. We're going to come back after we listen to this. Take a listen to the Japanese version of the end of this track. Listen to how the vocalist uh, Marina Kawano is actually emotionally breaking down during singing the ending of this song because of how just powerful this is and it, it's 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 crazy so the actual name of the Japanese version of the track is Kawariti Sakai no Uta is the actual Japanese version so let's take a listen to the end of this and we'll be right back so 
ちでも叫ぶあの壊れた世界の歌そう僕らは今ああ無意味でも願うただ君との未来をそう僕らは今ああ昔でも叫ぶこの世So, as you can tell, I mean, just literally, at this point in the track, and she, she's fine up to this point, she's able to get through it. But as soon as she gets to this portion, she just starts breaking down. And you can hear it in the way that her vocals are shaking, and, you know, just the way that she can't f- finish the song without literally crying. And you could tell, and Frank, you even said it when you listened to it that. You're like, if you, it wouldn't surprise me if you told me she's crying. Well, she is. And it wasn't supposed to be that way. Like, Square Enix left this in the game, and Kaichi Okabe specifically, the composer, but he left this in because of how powerful he thought it made the track. And I agree with him. Like, this is just one of the most powerful things I think I've ever heard. No, it really is, man. Like, I felt nothing but pure emotion hearing that. And just in case you weren't able to pick up on the lyrics, it's, you know, the chorus, which is where she starts breaking down. Because we're going to shout it loud, even if our words seem meaningless. It's like I'm carrying the weight of the world. I wish that some way, somehow, that I could save every one of us. But the truth is that I'm only one girl. Maybe if I keep believing, my dreams will come to life. And then it fades out with come to life, which is the last thing that you kind of hear her whisper there. And I've actually seen live versions of this done. And still to this day, when they go on tour and perform music from this game, she can't finish the song without crying. Like, even in t- like end of 2018, when it's the most recent one I've seen, she still breaks down and starts crying at this point like in the, in the track. She can't finish it without crying. It is definitely... Wow, okay. Yeah, so... I, I just, I want you to play this game in the worst way, and I want everyone out there that hasn't actually played Nier Automata to do yourself a favor and play this game. You will thank me later, I assure you, because it's, it's, it's that powerful, man. It's that emotional, and it's that good. Like, the game is just damn good. I mean, okay, so I, I have one last pick left of my own here. Uh, and I mentioned Metal Gear has gotten to before. Uh, The original track I wanted to pick here uh, from this game, we have actually already played before, uh, and that is Father and Son. However, that wasn't the only moment of this game that actually got to me. Um, This song is called Love Theme, and of course, we're talking about Metal Gear Solid 4.
That was love theme from Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, so we got things here. This lyrics to that song were written by Hideo Kojima. Which is so cool to me. Um, and then they were... Uh, it was composed by Nobuko Toda, and the orchestra was conducted by Dave Matthews. The Dave Matthews? Uh, David Matthews, um, something different. Uh, I maybe he, now Dave Matthews. He sings that song about marching ants. Uh, and the Hebrew vocals were sung by uh, Jackie Presti. Great vocals, by the way. That was that is that is so beautiful. That's so beautiful. <laughs> this whole game, especially the endings to this game, so so powerful and just such a <sighs> Metal Gear really gets me, man. Like they 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 know how to how to break your boy down. What I liked about Metal Gear Solid Four is that it was basically a love letter to fans of traditional Metal Gear Solid, like Metal Gear Solid 1. And it, it was You're literally... It, it's great. Uh, 2 is probably my favorite, but... I think that, you know, just what they were able to do, and it, it, it continued stories that we wanted to see 
continued from Metal Gear Solid 1. And, you know, it wrapped up certain things. We got to see additional characters, you know, several, several, several years in the future. In terms of timeline-wise, this is the latest Metal Gear. Like, obviously, obviously we know 5 is, you know, the latest one to release. But in terms of timeline entries, like, if we wanted to go I in, think in, in timeline order... I think Revengeance is, is the most recent, but still, this is, this is the thing that's right before it. Well, I don't consider that mainline. Okay, well, then, yeah, I agree with you then. Yeah, I think Revengeance is, like, the, you know, like, the, the android future almost. Not even, like, androids, but, like, like very far in the future, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of, like, Snake's story of Metal Gear Solid, this is the, this is the one where he's an old man, more or less, but still badass. Yeah, and, uh, I mean... Everything gets wrapped up so beautifully. I mean, uh, there, there was a whole story with uh, with Raiden thinking that his uh, child died in, in, in a miscarriage, and he finds out that and it's all a ruse. Uh, Big Boss is actually not dead yet, although he dies later on. That's when Father and Son kicks in, and that one really messes me up too. Uh, is that where I, we is that where we press F to pay respects? Uh, I, yes. I think it is. Uh, which is, yeah, I think it's famously become a meme, but, it, uh... It, it, it has. But yeah, uh, this song, one of the major times kicks in is, um, a portion where you're going through the microwave tunnels. And you think, you know, it seems like it's the end. Uh, and like, all, like his life is flashing before his eyes, and it's, it hits you. It really does, you know, like, all, all these things, all these intertwining stories, all these, you know... Everything, everything was done for a reason. Uh, all these people who you thought were your enemies, a lot of them were actually your friends the whole time, and you, just, you didn't know it because it was—it's it's such a—I don't want to say it's a convoluted story, but it's a very multi-layered story that, like, really—and it ties into three very well. Um, I mean, this, this is all the will of of boss. In, in a sense, like it, big, big, everything Big Boss did was because of Boss, the woman he had to kill, who I told you that really messed me up from three. All, all these things just. It, it's its a beautiful payoff. And like I said, uh, just hearing it, I, I, I could just picture that scene and just seeing like all, all the flashes of the memories and the love. Like, and, and he's practically dead on the ground. And like, you think this is the end? It's. It, they, they paint this as a perfect picture. Like, I just. My, my hat's off to them. Uh, I got nothing better to say, but then it, it, it's just, this is like just pure perfection. Right. No, definitely. Um, Metal Gear. I I love it. And it, it saddens me that I mean, to play two tracks in this episode, where we're talking about emotional music. It, it just it hits home even more for me because we're never going to see another traditional entry again. Like Metal Gear you know, is done. Exactly. Uh, that's why my hopes are so high for Death Stranding. I know we're going to get an emotional story out of that. I mean, I, I think Kojima is going to just take it to the, the is going to take it to a whole new level. Like, I really, I, I really hope so. I just, I'm not convinced based on certain things we've seen, but I really hope that it, I hope it plays and is better than it, it, it it's showing in trailers. You, you know, you know me. I, I, I'm, I'm ever the optimist and. I trust Kojima. I trust him too. I just I hope this isn't another case of Overkill's The Walking Dead, where literally so many that. badass yeah. trailers, but then the game just freaking shit the bed. So I don't know. Uh, I guess that's gonna take me to my last track, and I have the honors. I guess we could say this week of closing out our emotional music. 
And I'm picking another track from the recently released Red Dead Redemption 2, which again came out on October 26, 2018 for PS4 and Xbox One, composed by Woody Jackson. Uh, the track I'm going to close out with is May I Stand Unshaken, which if you watched the Game Awards 2018, and if you haven't seen that and you want to watch it alongside us, you can do that. We have a reaction video up on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash games. If you're not subscribed to us, make sure you do that as well. But... We did a reaction video to the Game Awards, and during that, they did a tribute to the music from Red Dead Redemption 2, and this is the track that they played, like, and they did the longest, and they closed out with it. The vocals of this track were done by D'Angelo, and if the name makes any type of ringing of bells in your head, we're not talking about D'Angelo Vickers, you know, Will, Will Ferrell's character from The Office. We're not talking about that character. We're talking about D'Angelo, the hip-hop R&B, I guess you could call him singer. Was he hip hop? Not really. More like R&B soul. R&B. Yeah, from from the nine, like from the early to mid '90s up through probably the early 2000s. I think he was around. The reason I'm closing out with this one is because it is the one that makes me the least emotional out of my entire list. So because we're closing out the episode and because we are doing our you know our usual closeout stuff, I didn't want to be crying during you know during this part and really just I wanted to kind of bring it back a little bit. We're now. We're moving past the emotional stage of, of VG Mania. I mean, I guess I have one more emotional track to play in Radio R this month, but that's it from there. It'll be emotional tracks spread out thin here and there when I find them and when I play through games that really speak to me. But it's not going to be another episode that is just I don't know if I can do a part two to this, dude. I don't think I can survive a part two. No, no I, I think this, it was a great idea for an episode. I didn't expect to be touched so many times. You turned your camera off because you didn't want me to know you were crying, but I definitely could hear at certain points, you were hit hard by some of these songs. And and I was too. I mean, I, I make no, like I said, I, I will not hide it. I broke down a few times during this episode during listening to some of this music and even while talking. So I was I was just chopping onions. I'm making lasagna. I it's National Pizza Day. Why you why are you why are you making lasagna on a national pizza day? But I I apologize for the length of this episode. Obviously I wanted to play the full tracks. I wanted to really just speak from the heart so I apologize for the length that we actually went on this episode of BG Mania but I think this actually really is one of our best episodes we've ever done not not just because I really like all the music we played but we were able to dive into like these just personal feelings and stories and it's been fun it's been a journey like we went on our own emotional journey so to speak and it's been great but yeah, so back to the track, May I Stand Unshaken, from Red Dead Redemption 2. This actually plays in the game when you're... So I've already spoiled enough of the game, so I'm going to try to leave certain things untouched. <laughs> but you you get back from a certain area, and this track kicks in. And it's another another point in the game where you're just told to ride. So this what the last time I talked about it with uh, That's the Way It Is was not the first time that that happened. So you're getting back from an area, you're riding your horse. Again, the screen kind of fades into blurriness except for you and your, your character and your horse. And you're just riding to this track back to one of your camps. And the emotional state that your character is in at this point in the game, getting just back from this area, it's it's touching. Again, the track doesn't make me cry, but it was touching enough that literally my jaw opened up I felt it slam on the floor when I was when I played this the first time and I literally had to pick it back up and put it, you know, reattach it to my face because it was epic. And it, this is more epic than emotional, I guess, but it's still emotional at the same time. But unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, 
because I really did enjoy this episode. That is going to bring us to the close, unless you have anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here. Nothing. I just, I'm glad you all took the journey with us, and uh, I look forward to seeing you all next week. Well, well, you listening to me, not me not seeing you. If I can see you, that's a little weird. Uh, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by LevelDownGames.com. Remember to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you can drop on over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash leveldowngames, subscribe there, and while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We're not live often, but sometimes we are, and if we ever do go live, you'll be notified. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Next week, we're going to be doing our very first ever listener-submitted episode. So last month, a request came in from the Mixmaster himself, and he suggested us to do an entire episode on the music from Turok 1 and Turok 2 on the Nintendo 64. So next week, we're going to be exploring the music found in the first two Turok games, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to do that. Uh, Dude, Turok was such a good franchise back in the day. I've never played it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) The most recent one, the most recent one was a bummer to me. The one that they kind of released that was like kind of like trying to do like a reboot of this franchise. But the original games were so good. I think I still have those cartridges laying around somewhere. I know for I know for a fact I do so. I made the boot him in for uh, boot him up for uh, inspiration. Yeah, why not? Just play through not not necessarily play through the whole game, but just kind of like jump in and just mess around again. Yeah. It'll be fun. Uh, yeah. So next week we'll be doing music from Turok One and Turok Two, as per the request of the Mixmaster. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have "May I Stand Unshaken" from Red Dead Redemption Two, once again composed by Woody Jackson and vocals done by D'Angelo. Keep the music playing, and keep it loud.
Shaken 